I have the privilege of reading our scripture for today, and I'm excited to start with Psalm 23. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then 1 John 1, 5-10. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Good morning. My name is Kurt Buchanan. I'm on staff here at the church, and I have the privilege of sharing the word uh, with you this morning. Um, we are working our way through uh, our Discipleship Pathway series. If you've been with us, you're already up to speed on the first uh, two weeks, uh, three weeks actually that we've been in this uh, series. If you're just joining us for the first time or if you're joining us online, we want to say welcome. We're glad that you're uh, here. But again, our Discipleship Pathway is a simple but comprehensive spiritual journey where everyone can find their next step in being a follower of Jesus, which is becoming a disciple and making disciples. Okay, we know that discipleship uh, is complex and that everyone is on their own unique spiritual journey. But we believe that these kind of categories within the discipleship pathway are significant places to start, okay? We believe that if someone fully participated in uh, this pathway at Hillcrest, they'd be well on their way to uh, being a mature uh, uh, Christian, that they'd be well on their way to being mature in Christ. So there's five categories that we're going to be talking about. We've already covered a few of them. Celebrate big, connect small, walk with Jesus, share the work, and engage in mission. So far, we've looked at celebrate big and connect small. So again, if you've missed those weeks, you can go back and check it out on our podcast or our YouTube channel to get up to speed. This week, we're looking at walk with Jesus. So in Celebrate Big, we emphasize the importance of the whole church gathering together for worship and for teaching, for communion, and for prayer. And in Connect Small, we emphasize the importance of having vital relationships that help you in your discipleship. In Walk with Jesus this week, we want to emphasize the importance of your personal relationship with Jesus. So again, Steve read scripture for us this morning. Uh, Psalm 23, uh, there's a few things that we can see here. Um, again, he's, he leads me, he guides me along the right 
paths, and even if we're walking in dangerous circumstances through the darkest valley, we know that he is with us. Uh, In John 10, verse 14, it says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Walking with Jesus is about knowing God, having a relationship with him, spending time with him like you would any other friend. But it's also much more than a relationship with a friend because it's a friendship with God. A relationship with him is the difference between darkness and light. John 8, 12 says this. This is Jesus speaking. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. will have the light of life. In John 1, this is uh, verse, or chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, again, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. and The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So this metaphor, walking, walking with Jesus, walking with God, walking with the Lord, is so common that I know several people who actually refer to their spiritual health or their faith as their walk. Do you know anybody who's kind of used that phrase? They talk about their faith as, this is my walk. Okay, there's a number of reasons why this pops out, but there's lots of themes throughout the scripture that have to do with this kind of idea of just walking with God, okay? Um, you know, you might hear phrases like, you know, how are you doing in your walk? Well, I'm struggling in my walk. They're struggling in their walk. And perhaps talking about someone who's maybe very familiar with Christianity or with growing up in church, but they're not really a Christian themselves, someone might say they're not walking with the Lord. Or someone who is, you know, perhaps backslidden from their faith. They were engaged at one time, but now they're not. You would say, as a way to kind of talk about their spiritual temperature, you might say they're not walking with the Lord. Okay, early Christianity was call, called the way. That's why we have a discipleship pathway, so you can walk on it, okay? Uh, Take your next step. That's where there's lots of imagery throughout the scripture about this. Um, But walking with Jesus is not always easy. Uh, My dad passed away a number of years ago from cancer, and he would talk about how his walk turned into mountain climbing, You know, he thought walking with Jesus was kind of supposed to be sunshine and roses. It was supposed to be, you know, even ground, um, scenic paths, not the kind of climb that would test you and put you to your physical, emotional limits. And yet sometimes it is like that. Let's not forget that the good shepherd leads you through dark valleys, evil, and enemies sometimes. He is good. He is a good shepherd. But don't be fooled into thinking that walking with Jesus is all sunshine and roses. Again, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's the valley of the shadow of death. But when you're walking with him, when you're walking with him, you lack nothing. You can be refreshed. You can have no fear. Find comfort. Experience blessing and purpose and enjoy his goodness and his presence through it all. Okay, so on our pathway, walk with, in, in kind of this area of walking with Jesus, we have three kind of unique uh, subcategories or subheadings within there. Explore Christianity, seek personal renewal, and practice spiritual disciplines. So in our, just in our effort to simplify and help people as they grow in discipleship, in walk with Jesus, we've got three areas. Okay, here they are. Ex- uh, so explore Christianity, 
seek personal renewal, and practice spiritual disciplines. We're going to look at those three, cover some scriptures, and just give you some of the opportunities that we have for you uh, when it comes to discipleship here. So, explore Christianity. Uh, Psalms 34, verse 8 says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So here's the point, I believe. There are ways for people to experience the kingdom of God in advance before they actually make a decision to follow Jesus. Does that make sense? Supposed to, you're supposed to taste. You're supposed to experience. He's inviting people to have an experience of him. And then, after that experience, he invites them uh, further on to more in his kingdom. We see this in the parable of the hidden treasure or the hidden pearl. This is Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 and 45. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. He's a seeker. When he uh, found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had, and he bought it. Okay? There's the initial experience of, of God's goodness in his kingdom. He's tasting. And then after that initial experience, then comes the commitment and the cost that they pay in order to take hold of it. And, of course, the great reward as well. Okay, so taste and see that the Lord is good. How do people experience the kingdom of God? Well, maybe in creation. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, so that being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So you might experience God in creation. Maybe some of you just looking at the world, maybe that was a spark to the faith that you now have. Miracles. Jesus performed many miracles and healings for people who weren't yet his followers. In fact, that's where most of the miracles happen, amongst unbelievers. Dreams and visions might be another one. There are many people who come to Christ because they have had a significant dream that sparked their interest or curiosity with Jesus. Often these people come from other religious backgrounds or are spiritually open people. Now other people have more dramatic uh, visions like the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9. The Holy Spirit is drawing uh, these people to himself and these dreams and visions are used. I believe oftentimes they're paired like in Acts uh, 9 Uh, Ananias also has a vision. He's a believer, and they're paired. This believer is uh, called to go and meet with Paul, and so he's obedient. He has this vision. He's obedient to it as well. So dreams and visions can be a way that people can um, be uh, moved towards the kingdom, a small tasting, if you will. The other thing, and perhaps the most powerful, I might say, is God's people. The most powerful experience uh, for an unbeliever to experience the kingdom is to walk among believers or to be among believers. In fact, Jesus said that the world would know him through our love for uh, one another. That's in John 13, if you're uh, keeping score. The world is desperate for God, whether they know it or not. And the main way that they will experience him is through the love of believers. Okay? Now, is the church, the church service, is it for believers or for unbelievers? I've heard this discussion um, before and in other churches, different ideas about what it's supposed to be for. 
Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 24, we see this. But if an unbeliever or inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all. Now, again, in this case, the believers are prophesying. That's speaking the words of God to one another. And through it, this unbeliever encounters God through conviction. Right? They, they have this idea that I need to get right with God. I believe there is, and there's other scriptures too that we could look at, but we won't today for sake of time. There is and should be space for unbelievers within the life of the church. In all aspects, even as we're out there and blessing our community, we can be serving alongside people who are just exploring Christianity. Okay, So even the way that we preach or we try to or the worship songs that we sing, everything that we do here on a Sunday morning is geared for both the believer and the unbeliever, okay? So if you are an unbeliever, if you're not a Christian, you're just kind of here exploring Christianity, you're in the right place, okay? And for those of you who are, this is a place that you should regularly be inviting people to come, okay? This is the right environment to do that, okay? Invite them into the life of the church. Again, some of you are nervous about that and you think, well, how would that ever come up? But you are asked this question all of the time. You got any big plans for the weekend? How many of you have been asked that question? Okay. You're all, most of you are lying about that, I think. You, you, people talk about, what are you doing? And you talk about mowing the lawn or you talk about doing laundry or talk about, well, my, my kid has a, a sporting event that we're going to go to. And you omit sometimes, on purpose, I do have plans. I'm going to church. And you should come. Okay? Let, let that be a cue for you. The next time someone asks you, do you have big plans for the weekend, say, yes. I'm going to church, and you should come with me. Okay? If you're nervous about that, pray for boldness. This is a prayer that the early believers in, the, in Acts prayed. And guess what? It was answered. Okay? So if you're exploring Christianity or walking alongside someone else who is exploring Christianity, maybe you're in the role of disciple maker, there are a few, a few opportunities to consider here at Hillcrest. One is Alpha. It's an 11-week course, and we're offering it two times a year, and it explores um, the basic aspect, uh, aspects of Christianity. Okay, you can do it in person or online. Uh, and in fact, anyone can lead uh, an Alpha. Okay, you can do this in your uh, school, in your workplace. You can do this amongst your extended uh, family. Again, if you want to run your own Alpha, you can do that. All the resources that we use, you can have access to for, uh, for free. Uh, if you would like help in getting your own Alpha started, please talk to us. Okay? Anybody can run an Alpha. Okay, so um, another thing besides Alpha is there's a number of recommended resources we have for you, books that you could read. If you're exploring Christianity, or perhaps you have a friend who's exploring Christianity, these would be great resources for people to get started. Okay? Uh, a couple of books by a guy named James Emery White, Christianity for People Who Aren't Christians. Okay, the title is as self-explanatory as possible. Christianity for People Who Aren't Christians. Okay, he also has one kind of for someone who's just become a Christian called After, I Believe. So those are two great resources. Um, another one by Rick Warren, many of you maybe would know. What on Earth Am I Here For? Okay, another great book. Again, I would recommend uh, reading these or giving these away to those uh, friends that you may have who are exploring Christianity. Another one, Who is Jesus? by uh, Gilbert is the last name. Uh, or even the Jesus storybook, 
Bible. Um, there's actually a version that's not just you know pictures for, for kids, but actually one that you can just read through. But the language in it is really beautiful. And if I find if I'm reading that to my kids, I'm often very deeply moved by h- how well uh, it's written. So Jesus Storybook Bible. So Alpha, read a couple of books maybe, or give those away. Invite somebody to Alpha, give away a book. All right, and here's another one, just a new believers group. We are hoping to launch a new believers group specifically designed for people who um, are either exploring their faith or just getting started in their faith. This is maybe something that naturally follows uh, Alpha uh, and partners with it uh, in this group. Uh, Some resources that could potentially be used are the story and believe, which we've gone through as a church. Again, these are great resources to help people in the basics of um, Christian practice and belief. So those of you who went through the story or believe with us, you're prepared to leave a group like this. Okay, and we don't just want to start one. We want to see many of these groups pop up over the next number of years. Uh, we want to see many people coming into the kind- kingdom, exploring Christianity, tasting and seeing, and embracing Christianity. So perhaps you're interested in attending one of those groups, or perhaps you're in a position where you're ready to lead one of these groups. If that's you, please let us know. Okay, so that's exploring Christianity. Next, we're going to talk about seeking personal renewal. Romans 12, verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, Psalms 51, verse 10 says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Okay? Uh, Life groups, actually, you're going to dig into this uh, particular uh, psalm uh, this week thinking about spiritual renewal. Uh, there are three opportunities for you to consider as you seek personal renewal. Set free hearing God and prayer summit. First uh, John 1, 5-10 to 10. again Steve read it, uh, part of this for us. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie We do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all. This is verse eight. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Okay, sin is a reality in our world. Even if you would maybe never admit that you've ever sinned, you certainly have been sinned against, right? Okay, but sin can be overcome if we walk in the light, if we confess our sins and receive healing. Set free is about learning how to deal with sin, how to gain victory in Christ. And I believe that's a journey that we're all still on Ephesians 6, verse 11 says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. See, set free is a great way to gear up for a victorious life. Psalm 139, 24 says this, See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, David, who wrote this psalm, didn't trust himself to be fully self-aware when it came to sin. See, one of the ways that we can sin is we can delude ourselves. 
We exchange the truth of God for a lie. David knew he needed the Lord's help in dealing with his sin. So he set aside time for prayer. See, some of you think you're doing great. But you don't need something like set free. You keep saying to yourself, I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't, I don't need set free. But if you were really okay spiritually, in, you would probably come to one just to be sure. See, when David was committing adultery with Bathsheba and was plotting the murder of her husband to hide his sin, he likely wasn't praying, search me and know me and see if there's any offensive way in me. He was probably saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. If you haven't been to one of our set-free retreats, would you mark these dates on your calendar, March 11th and 12th of next year, Friday evening and Saturday? If you haven't been, stop saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, and come and see if you really are. Okay? So that's set free. Set free. Again, we don't remind you about, say, come to set free because we want to remind you about your sin. That's not the end game. We want to see people set free. Right? We want to see people experiencing victory in Christ. We can overcome because he has overcome. Okay? So again, as you're seeking personal renewal, set free is something that you should consider. Please. Uh, hearing God, Romans 12, again, we read this already. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, I want to say the Bible can transform your mind. The Bible is God's word to us. It is God's word to you. And you can know what he is saying to you. Okay? Are you hearing God? If you're one of his sheep, you should know his voice. John 10, verses 3 to 5, says, The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and then leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Again, James 1, verse 22 and 25 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. What a promise. Do you want to be blessed in what you do? Then hear the word of the Lord and obey it. Hearing God's Seminar is a six-week course. It's happening in the new year, and it's all about learning to hear God's voice and how to be obedient to it. Okay, the third thing that you can do in our discipleship pathway for seeking personal renewal is our prayer summits. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and heal their land. Prayer summits happen seven times a year, and they're intended for all of Hillcrest to gather together to pray. We give thanks to the Lord for what he has done. We pray about the opportunities and challenges before us, and we give time for personal ministry. We believe that this is a significant part of your walk with Jesus as you seek personal renewal. Okay, so explore Christianity or go on the journey with somebody who is. Seek personal renewal 
that's for everybody. And the third is um, practice spiritual disciplines. 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8 says this, Train your, uh, yourself to be godly, for physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So what are spiritual disciplines? Other things that you do, like Bible study, or prayer, fasting, confession, worship, fellowship, rest, celebration, service, generosity, disciple-making is a spiritual discipline. Now, that's not an exhaustive list, but it's just a place to get started. Here's a few notes about spiritual disciplines. Uh, They are both personal and corporate. Do you know what I'm saying? You can pray on your own, but you're also supposed to pray with other believers, and that's all spiritual disciplines. Now, again, I would just point out here, your walk with Jesus is is not your walk alone with Jesus. Again, remember, there's a good shepherd, and there's not one sheep. There's only, there was a one sheep that was lost. There's actually a hundred sheep. Okay, So your walk is not entirely alone. It's with other people. Does that make sense? You go together. Okay, Personal and corporate. And there are things that you do. Okay, Spiritual disciplines are the activities that you go about and do. But they are not an end in themselves. They are about knowing Jesus, experiencing Jesus, and also becoming like Jesus. So there are things that you do, but we hope to become something in the process. We went through that in Believe, right? We want to think a certain way. We want to act a certain way in order to become something. Okay. Uh, Another thing, again, they're from the Bible. So things that the Bible teaches us to do or is modeled in the Scripture. Uh, Not, for example, uh, stretching, sipping green tea, gardening, or CrossFit. See, those might be beneficial things for you to do, but they're not spiritual disciplines, okay? And they're, again, they're a means, not an end. The goal is to know Jesus and become like Jesus, not to be extremely proficient at your spiritual disciplines. See, you, you could read your Bible lots and still be a horrible person. You might read your Bible a lot and still not really know Jesus personally, Okay? Walking with God, having a friendship with him is the difference between darkness and light. So here's our encouragement to you. Walk in the light. Walk with Jesus, okay? Now, some of you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, to walk with him, to make him your Lord and Savior. If you want to step from darkness into light, from death to life, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, thank you that you love me and sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's walk with Jesus. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of do some self-reflection now. And if you've been with us, you know that we've been doing this uh, self-assessment. You kind of take an opportunity to consider where you're at in each one of these categories. Many of you did it on our launch day for this series. But actually, anybody can open it up now, and I encourage you to do so. If you've got, uh, if you, you know, have a smartphone, you can go to our web address, hillcrestmj.com. You can do it now. Don't feel nervous about getting out your phones. It's okay. 
I'm going to invite you to participate with us again. Or if you haven't had the chance to do the assessment, we really do want you to take the time now to do that. You can go to hillcrestmj.com forward slash next steps. If you're just searching, you can find it. One of our kind of uh, top tabs on the website is next steps. If you haven't done it, please do. Even if you have done it and you want to do further reflection for this particular week, I invite you to do that. So again, hillcrestmj.com, next steps. And let's do this self-assessment together. Okay, so here are some of the things that you could have checked off if you already have done it. Let me just remind you. Again, Alpha, take Alpha. Or sign up for Set Free. Again, it's coming in March. Block those dates out on your calendar. Or maybe it's hearing God. Maybe you're feeling like I do need to um, take some steps forward in being able to read the Bible, to understand what it's saying, and also to hear what God is saying to me personally about what I should uh, do in my life and allow that to happen. I encourage you to do that. Maybe you just need to block out time in your calendar to spend some time with Jesus. Maybe you uh, have never started doing kind of what many Christians just call devotions, a time where you sit intentionally uh, with God, maybe reading the word in prayer, worshiping him personally. Maybe you've never set aside time to do that. Uh, Maybe that's what you need to do. You can open up your calendar. Again, we're trying to be really practical here for you. If that's something, a step that you need to take, put it in your calendar. Find a time that works for you. Okay? Um, Maybe you need help finding a reading plan or not sure what to do for devotions. We'd love to help you with that. If you let us know, we'll we would love to be in the game with you and help you to find a, a Bible reading plan through version or um, lots of people around here use daily bread, that kind of thing. We would love to encourage you in that area. Maybe you need to get some worship music and have your own personal times of worship. Maybe that's in the car on the way to work. Maybe that's at home. Maybe, who knows when that would be for you. But did you know you can engage in personal worship on your own? You can worship the Lord Again, maybe you've never committed to following Jesus personally. I encourage you to do that. Maybe you have a devotional time, but maybe it's you know, two or three minutes in a panic. Uh, maybe you need to set aside more time each week for that kind of thing. I encourage you to do that. Uh, here's one final thought for you. In case you're still feeling somewhat unconvinced about the importance of this particular category of knowing and walking with Jesus In Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23, Jesus said this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, you can actually be a part of the church. You might celebrate big. You might connect small. You might even share the work around here. But If you miss walking with Jesus, you won't see the vibrant spiritual transformation that leads to the fruit of the Spirit of Christ in you. And that's why Jesus rejects them. It's made no difference. I encourage you to take your next step of obedience to continue to walk with Jesus. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to stand and sing one more song together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a good shepherd who wants to refresh us and lead us to better places, to green pastures. And even when we face difficult things, you want to be right there with us. 
uh, that you would serve a banquet for us in the presence of our enemies, that you would pour out blessing on us. That is unreal that you would love us that much. So Father, I pray for all of these people who are uh, hearing these words now, that they would be bold enough to take their next step. They wouldn't forget about it, but they'd, uh, like they forgot about uh, what they look like, they would remember, they would hear your word, they would remember it, and they'd put it into practice. They'd begin to walk with you. So I pray for everyone who's taking their next step in walking with Jesus, that you'd be right there with them. In your name we pray. Amen.